welcome to RushCast. My name's Jay Mantis. Thank you very much for listening to our show. We're happy to have you here. Uh, maybe not the longest episode today, but I do have some stuff I want to talk about. And we're, we're sort of setting up the rest of the summer in the next couple of weeks as we try to plan and prepare for the, um, the events we're going to do on RushCast. And I want you guys to be a part of it. It's a big opportunity here for a bunch of people to be on the air. Air is in air quotes, and uh, you know to be on the show and hear your voice on the podcast. So I think it'll be fun. The first one is what we're calling the trivia series, the Rushcast trivia series, or whatever. Um, I want to have you guys on the show to answer questions that I have. But I, I'm I'm working really hard right now to make sure it's different than all the other any other you know Rush trivia thing you've done. Because it would be silly to do the same thing everything else everybody else has done. There's a Twitter account that I follow. I think it might even be Rush Rush Trivia or something simple like that. But they only do trivia games like this, and they do a really really nice job. Uh, so if maybe they're listening, I don't I don't remember. Uh, if you are, you do a great job, and I I definitely don't want to steal your idea. I don't want to go do your thing, um, because they do their thing and they do it well. Uh, and they got a, a big following, so I'd like to do something similar just for the summer, just for fun. And I want them to be like trivia questions I come up with about the band, and to see if anybody else knows these things. With that said, I don't want to. I want to let you know that I think these are reasonable questions. They're, it's not like you're going to come on the show and I'm gonna ask you what color Alex's shoes were on the third show of the Grace Under Pressure tour. Like, it's not going to be things like that. I'm also not going to come up and say. Um, what key does superconductor modulate to after the third verse? Like it doesn't, I'm not going to ask you music, you know, deep music theory questions like that. Things I know you're not going to know. Maybe, uh, it'll be questions I think are interesting and thought provoking, but still reasonably answerable. If you know what I mean? So don't, don't be afraid that it's going to be too difficult or, or unreasonable. I'm trying really hard to, to structure the questions that they're, so they're fair and I'm trying even harder to make it uh, interesting as a series. I want it to be good to listen to as well. With and, and we're we're working with different formats. I want to have producer Kevin do some stuff uh, involved with the album se- or the uh, the trivia series. I mean, I've been saying album series since January. I gotta get that out of my vernacular. Um, but so the way it's gonna work in general is I want to have, let's say I get uh, 25 people that want to do the, the trivia series. And I'll take everybody, by the way. I'm not going to send anybody away. I'll have you all call. I need you all to be available on one day, like one afternoon. So I'll say I will, I'll call you, for example, uh, around anywhere from 2 to 2.30 Eastern time on Sunday or something. By the way, this is going to go, this will not be one episode. This will be at least, at least three or four weeks or rounds that I want to do and I'll keep score I'll keep score for everybody and we'll see who comes out on top each each round will be a different theme or a different format structure like I said I'm try I am trying really hard to make this a bit different uh, so let me know if you want to be a part of that and I highly encourage you to I'm not gonna shame you if you if you don't get anything right it won't be single elimination I'll just count them once you get correct 
Uh, you won't get eliminated week to week. Uh, maybe the last week we'll do like a final round where it's the top four or something. It depends on, you know, we'll play it by ear. But uh, the email is rushcast2112 at gmail.com. All you have to do is email me and tell me you want to be a part of it, and I'll make sure you are a part of it. It'll be a lot of fun. But sign up fast because I do want to start this. I want to I want to start it maybe a week into July, I think. Maybe the second week of July I'd like to start. But I need more people to sign up. we got a few already. After the trivia series, I want to do a live album series. If you listened last week, you know I, I really wasn't about that for the first part of 2016. Everybody said the album series is really cool, especially as we've gone deep. You know, we got like four or five albums in, then it really started gaining some momentum, and we kind of fell into a groove. People said I really enjoy this, but we have to do a live album series. And I, I don't think it's any secret that you all, as in you know, Rushcast listeners. But also the greater fan base, maybe maybe specifically older fans who have been around the band longer. You all seem to like live albums and the live material better, more than not more than me, but uh, something about the live experience. I should say the live DVD, whatever the live movie, the live albums are are uh, hold a heavier place in your heart than it does for me. Uh, I'd rather you know I. I I'm more attached to the studio stuff for whatever reason. But then I realized, you know, this these live albums will be the closest thing we have to seeing Rush live once the band officially retires. Or, you know, 50 years down the road when there is no Rush. This will, you know, Snakes and Arrows live, that's going to be the closest thing I have. Or R40 or, or whatever. Those live albums will be very important. So we need to cover them. And we'll do it week by week just like we did with the album series. So I'll take your quote-unquote auditions send me an email tell me why you think it'd be great for whichever album and we'll sign you guys up for that and that'll start probably closer to the fall i'm excited for both of those but i've been planning this trivia series i've been brainstorming about it since last fall i thought it'd be a cool idea and then i saw that that twitter account i'm like i don't want to steal their thing because they're doing this well they they really went out of their way to i don't know how they did it but uh, it's a successful Twitter account for sure, and it's run. It's very organized. It's very pre-planned. They put a lot of effort into it. Um, so I don't. I don't want to just steal their thunder. Even though we are doing a trivia thing, I, I want it to be a, a little bit unique to the podcast. So I'm, I am trying my best, and I hope you're excited for it. So uh, my mom always said to me as a kid when I was a little kid and we'd see movies or I'd see like tabloids in the grocery store my mom would say there's Tom my mom loved Tom Cruise she she thought he was just a hunky dude I guess and uh she it was the the big joke in our family that if mom was gonna leave it would be Tom Cruise that she was leaving for but she always said to me as like even as a really little child a very young person, she would say, I love Tom Cruise, I would never want to meet him. And I didn't understand that for a really long time. She's like, "I, I, he's great, he's handsome, he's amazing, I would never want to meet him in person. And I said, why? And she always said, because I know he wouldn't be the person I think he is. Right? 
she had this idea of who Tom Cruise would be as a as a man in her head and knew, well, that person, there's a potential that that guy's probably a jerk. And I don't really know what Tom Cruise's um, reputation is. Maybe he is a jerk. I know he has some weird religion thing. <laughs> we, we won't get into that. But um, that always stuck with me, and I never quite understood what she meant. So recently, there's been a, a metal band I'm really into, and this is Rush related. I promise you just gotta you just gotta kind of buckle down here for a second. And uh, I, I I've they're let's see four albums in like four and a half with EPs and smaller releases into their career. I've got them all. I know them note for note. I love I love the band. I love their music. And the guys in the band there are six of them. Six guys in this band. They all seem like cool dudes, especially in a way, in a way similar to Rush, where we can watch Rush interviews and go, "Oh, Alex Lifeson is a down-to-earth dude. He is uh, looks like a great guy to play around a golf with." Or Getty Lee looks like an awesome guy you could have a beer with at a base baseball game, and he'd be again down-to-earth. He would talk to you like a regular person. Uh, and you know Neil's a different beast, but he's still a funny and extremely well-read and smart guy. Uh, and I think if you were, if you didn't treat him like a celebrity, he would probably be equally as awesome back to you. And you can kind of get that vibe from interviews. We know that because we've heard other people who have met the band say that. In fact, I've talked to people who have said that. I, I've talked to Donna Halper on the show. I've talked to Jacob Sakelli who had, who had toured with Rush and recorded with Rush. Kevin J. Anderson, these are people who were around members of the band, and they all say the same thing. They are, hands down, the the coolest people. So our instincts are right. I have the same instincts with this band. The guys seem awesome. They're really funny. They have a very Rush-esque sense of humor. And I thought, these guys these, these guys would be awesome to run into and have a, a chat with. So I joined a Facebook page that is... I don't know if you guys know the page All Things Rush. It's a Facebook page. This is All Things and then this band name. It's a very similar title. But it's a closed group. There's only like 3,500 people in the group. It's um, become very exclusive because the band somehow made contact, or I guess the other way around, the leader of, the sorry, the administrator of the group got in contact with the band and the band members are now part of this group. Which initially you think, oh, that's fantastic. So the group is a lot of like, hey, you know, no one ever talks about this song, guys. Does anyone out there like this song as well? And then here come the comments and we all talk about how great that song is. Or, hey, I never really, that song took a while for me to appreciate or whatever the, the conversation may be. And that's healthy for fans of any band. We want to do that. That's why you and I are here right now. We're here to talk about music for one specific band. There's a lot of um, good conversation, a lot of friendly conversation. You're meeting people that like love the band as much as you. It was a great thing. So now the band members are part of the page. And initially I thought it was fantastic. So we would say something like, oh, isn't it cool how this guitarist does this on stage and he didn't do that in studio or whatever it may be. And then once in a while, that guitarist will show up and comment on your post about him and, and say, yeah, yeah, you're right, or... or, or 
you ask a question, see if any of the other fans like know, like, hey, how come he's using this guitar now instead of that one? And then he comes out, the guitarist himself, and answers your question. That's that's awesome, and that's how it started. But it's gone downhill really fast. And it's gotten to the point now where there's sort of the members of this band, specifically a, a couple of the guitarists, are policing the group to a fault. It, it's it's really been a pretty poisonous thing lately. Uh, one, the, the guy who started the band is, in a sense, trolling the peop- his own fans, his biggest fans who are on this fan page, who will ask a question or say, you know, I don't really like this song, and I'm not really sure what it is about it, but like the rest of the album's really good. But it's, I, I have never been really able to appreciate this one track. And in a perfect world, or the world you would expect, that would be a place for other fans to go, maybe one, one fan says, I totally agree, I never really liked that song. Or it might be a place for another fan to say, I can see where you're coming from, but here's what you're missing in that song. Like That's been my goal on Rushcast, is to say, hey everyone, face up ain't as bad as you think it is. Right? Good News First has a, a lot of fantastic qualities to it. You should give it a try, I promise. And we get into those details. That's where that's where the fan bonding is is the strongest and the most valuable. Is when I can persuade you to change your mind on a song. And sometimes those hate to great kind of stories are the best. But instead, now we get this guitarist coming out and and, and ripping that person up and telling him he's a he's a horrible person. And not directly, he doesn't come out and say you're a horrible person, but it's it's more it's demeaning. He's very demeaning to these people who anything anything bad about his music is, uh, you know, he'll 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 rip you up in a sense. And of course, the the page is full of people who are a bit younger. You know, there's a lot of high school fans. And every if the guitarist who started the band comes out and says something contrary to what some fan said, everybody's gonna jump on board with the guitarist. So everyone could be like, yeah, I kind of agree. That song isn't as strong. And then the guitarist comes out and says, you're an idiot. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're an idiot. Uh, You know, that's not how it should work. I had a specific, and I promise this is Rush related. You just got to hold on. I had a specific example of this with this band and with this page. I posted about how I had been thinking about it for days and I finally wrote it up. I was so excited to get it out there and hear people talk about it. I'm like, I pretty much said, I'm a bass player, and I don't really think we talk about the bass very much in this band because it's a the guitarists in this band are extremely talented and, and um, it's really a guitar a guitar centered band, a uh, guitar center what um, guitar centric band. You know what I mean? And I said the bassists through this band's history have been extremely impressive. The one we have now is most impressive. And I said, I can't wait to hear what this bass player does in the future. We get to kind of watch him grow as a bass player because he's a, he's admittedly a guitarist who has now switched to bass. And I'm excited to watch him kind of grow as a bass player. We get to watch him grow with every album. We have to go, hey, that, you know, his style's a little bit different or his sound has changed or he... You know, the types of things he's writing are different. And that was exciting to me. So I meant this post as completely 100% uh, positive and, and I didn't mean to push any buttons. 
And so people were like, yeah, yeah, I kind of see what you mean. You know, that's true. And then this, the guy who started the band, the guitarist comes out and he says, what? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even remember what he said now. It was something like, uh, what is this? What even is this? I think is what he said. Or no, he said, wow. Then another guitarist <laughs> commented on that comment and said, what even is this? I'm like, guys, I don't know why you're mad, but oh man, I didn't mean it. Like I didn't mean to piss anybody off here. So of course everyone, all the other fans glom onto what the guitarist said. These two rack up like 400 likes on one comment. And now everybody's taking their shots at me. Now I'm a horrible person. I'm still not really sure what I did to piss everybody off. Uh, so I deleted the post. I apologized. I sent I sent my apology to those two guitarists directly. One of them responded, the one who started the band, and I said, "Hey, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, maybe it was worded incorrectly. I didn't mean it to be. I didn't mean to make you angry or whatever." And we ended up having a conversation kind of late at night on Facebook Messenger for like a half hour. I talked to this guy, which was awesome for me as a fan. I'm talking to the. It's like talking to Alex Lifeson. He started. He's the guitarist that started the band. And it was exciting, but at the same time, this guy's angry at me. And he was kind of being sarcastic back to me. Like, he didn't quite accept my apology, like, 100%. And he was still a little bit condescending and demeaning towards me. But at least he was hearing me out a little bit. He was at least talking with me. Um, but since that incident, it's gotten even worse. Um... As I see on that page, like every time somebody says anything that isn't high praise for the music, they they shut them down with comments. They come on and they tell them that you know things like "Wow, dot dot dot." Like that's not a nice thing. Like you might as well just come out and go. He might as well just say you're an idiot. We don't want you as a fan. Like it's hard for these people who these are your biggest fans. They do anything to talk to you, and when you finally respond to them, you're you're making fun of them. You're you're telling them the wrong like. I'm not on a fan page to give them affirmation for their music. If you and I, you know, if we we started a Rushcast forum or something, a Rush forum, which exists already, and we can go on that page and say, hey, uh, Taishan is awful. I love Rush, but Taishan is awful. You can go on the page and say, hold your fire as a whole is awful. You can say that. Jay Mantis will not agree with you on either of those things, but you can say it. And then people like me can try to convince you otherwise. Or other people can agree with you and you can feel better about that. You can talk about the specific things in the song that you don't like and how you wish they were replaced with a different synth sound or whatever it may be. You can do that. That's the point of online forums or discussion in general. Imagine if Getty Lee were like highly active on the internet and he was probing all these discussion boards on Facebook, and the Rush form, or whatever it is. And each time he saw somebody say, yeah, I didn't really like Tess Reco, he, sh- he like completely slammed that person in public for everyone to see. And then every- all the other Rush fans were like, oh, yeah, you're an idiot, dude. Tess Reco's the best, simply because Getty Lee said it, you know, wasn't happy that it wasn't the best. You see what I mean? So my point of all of this is I'm happy that Getty and Alex and Neil are not on the internet. I'm, I mean, they're they're old dudes comparatively, right? Most guys their age are not heavily active on the internet probing forums and looking for haters. But, like, 
I don't think they were haters in, in, in my story. They're not haters. They're just looking for discussion. And there was no malice intended. So um, now I don't, I'm afraid to post things on that board now. I'm afraid, I'm afraid to say, hey guys, like, I don't really like this bridge in the song because I think, I don't, it doesn't seem to fit the rest of the song, whatever the discussion may be. I'm afraid because there's that, if there's one little glimpse of negativity, I know those band members are there waiting to strike. And it's like, it seems like a very primitive sort of attention seeking uh, endorphin release or something to them where they can just be, you know, they can just puff their chests out and be like, oh, at any moment I can go onto this Facebook page and rip some, rip up some fan because he said something bad. And then, and then 400 people will agree with me and I'll feel better about myself. Like it's, it seems kind of childish to me. And I, I know that our, our three guys are more mature than that anyway, even if they were on the internet, I don't think they'd be doing that. But, uh, in a, in a way I'm glad, I'm glad they're not there. I'm glad we can say whatever we want. Plus Rush has 16 more albums and several decades on, on this band and a much bigger following. They could never, they could never, uh, scan every single discussion board, but I'm glad that possibility is pretty much off the table. I think Neil's on Twitter, but he's not. He's never like post. He doesn't talk about Rush music on Twitter. He's talking about like riding motorcycles and finding, you know, diners in the Midwest or something. Is that what? Is that what he does? On his, it's in my head, he's just riding motorcycles through like Iowa and Nebraska, looking for diners. That's just what Neil does in my head. I could I could be wrong about that. <laughs> I just, it's just in my head. That's the image I have painted. He's got his own place, Bubba's, right? Maybe I'm just thinking of... Maybe this is just like Snakes and Arrows tour books messing with my head or Time Machine or whatever it was. Yeah, so that's my super long story. I know I rambled a bit, but I... You know, I was angry. Like, this is a band I really like right now. And here they are. They, they kind of ruined it. Like, I would never... And here's another thing. The band is pretty new, right? So they're playing these shows. They're coming. I'm going to still go see them. On their, they got a new album coming out in July. I'm going to go see them in New York City in August. The tickets for this show were $20 because it's general admission. You go, it's a metal show. You go in. You stand wherever you can, you can find room. It's not like there's seating for a Rush show. 20 bucks gets you in the door. Number one, wow, that's amazing. Can you imagine 20 bucks to be at a Rush show? You can stand wherever you want. Like, I'm going to get there super early and hopefully sit up, you stand up close. Number two, for an additional uh, $25, you get a VIP pass. That means you show up early, you hang out with the band and all the other VIP people. Like, like literally hang out. Not a meet and greet. Not like a, hi, Getty, let me take a picture, get out. Like, you hang with the band. And they're doing this at every to, uh, sh- stop on the tour. Um, then you're there. Then you stay in the venue. You watch them sound check, and you get your fr- you get to choose your your spot on the floor first. You get first choice for seating or standing, whatever. Before they let the uh, the general admission people in, I think that's so cool. In a world where these bands are struggling to make money, they're forced to figure out how they can make it a better experience. How can you make it more appealing for me to come see your live show or spend more money at your live show? It's a good idea. However, after my little incident, I don't want to meet these guys anymore. I don't. They, they kind of seem like jerks to me. 
and I've uh, I've got a couple friends. But my friend who introduced me to this band has met them, and he's like, "Oh, dude, they're totally jerks." I told him the whole story. He's like, "Yeah, that falls in line with exactly what I think about those guys. That they're they're not really nice people to their fans. They're kind of nice on the outside, but then you meet them, and it's, so it's a whole thing." I'm like, "I'm not gonna bother. I'll go see your show though, without a doubt. I love the music." Imagine though, like what you can't even buy a meet and greet for Rush. If you could, it'd be hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Imagine if you could spend an extra 25 bucks. $45 gets you the ticket, an awesome ticket, and a VIP meet and greet. Like, I, I can't understand. I can't comprehend what that would be like uh, with Rush or for a Rush show. Hey, Jay, this is Mike Keller, guest host for the Permanent Waves podcast. I just wanted to send a note to thank you for putting together the album series. Uh, I had a blast following along. I found myself, as you guys were talking, cutting back and forth between the tracks and listening to your commentary. And, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely um, brought new love to some of the tracks that before that, uh, you know, maybe were not my favorites. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, I came out of every album with a greater appreciation of it than I did before, which is, which is uh, you know, pretty special to say. So it was engaging. It was fun. I want to thank you for the opportunity to have me on as a guest host and uh, looking forward to the live album series uh, later this fall. Uh, thanks again for a great journey and uh, you know for sharing that with the Rushcast community. As far as a, a song that uh, I like to fall asleep to from Rush, I can't give you a single one because I find uh, you know such a connection to their music that it engages me intellectually on a level which uh, doesn't create that, uh, that atmosphere where I can fall asleep easily. Uh, lastly, a question for you. Uh, maybe if I went back and listened to the first couple episodes, uh, I'll, I'll know this, but uh, I don't remember hearing you ever describe what is the connection between your logo, the turtle and the squirrel, and the Rush cast. I'm, I'm trying to find the symbology that it connects to with Rush, and uh, I'm just I'm missing it somewhere. I'm, I'm sure there's a maybe some kind of song reference uh, that uh, that alludes to it between sun and moon or something like I can't I can't quite get it so the speed of love is on the turtle I'm not sure where you're going with that but I uh, would love for you to share that secret with us and as far as your big secret uh, I'm gonna be mad at you I know it especially if it's that uh, rush reached out to you and you uh, went to their house for dinner uh, take care Jay glad glad to hear from you and uh, talk to you soon hey Michael thanks for the clip man I just want to uh, extend the invitation to anybody who wants to send in an audio clip like that. You could just uh, you can record audio on your phone pretty much on any texting app and uh, send it to me as an audio clip, and we can respond uh, like this. It's kind of like a uh, secondary, you know, there's a little bit of a uh, lag in the response because I've got to wait a week, but I like doing that. I like having your voice on the air. Some, it kind of changes it up a bit. Uh, Michael... The uh, the logo is un- unfortunately. I'm sorry to say that you might be reading into it a bit more than you need to. Uh, the logo is especially the blue part, the blue backdrop, and the turtle. Uh, it's from the Counterparts album inside the booklet. Uh, it's part of that artwork, and I lo- always love the picture. Obviously, it's the tortoise, and the hair is usually on top of the tortoise. And it's got the moon back there, the, that beautiful blue-black fade, really, really nice artwork. Uh, and I took that and I put the uh, that that white creature is Nick the Squirrel, Nick spelled with a K. 
that comes from our sister podcast, Knickerbocker, which producer Kevin and I uh, host. We co-host together a comedy podcast. It's like, kind of like a storytelling podcast that we've been doing for about five years now. And I, uh, I record at Knickerbocker Studios, and obviously I'm a host of Knickerbocker. My producer, Kevin, is a host of Knickerbocker. Uh, it's on the Knickerbocker Network. So I want, you know, there were so many ties to our other podcast and our network that um, I took Nick, Nick the Squirrel, from our Knickerbocker art, which that's a whole different story, but we have the squirrel as um, part of our art. And I put him on top of the tortoise, and he looked really cool. So I left it, and that's where we're at. And, you know, it's funny. You're the first person to ever ask me that in the year and a half I've been doing Rushcast. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I wonder if anybody has even noticed (laughs) that that's not the original artwork. But uh, I'm really happy with that artwork. However, I do regret it a bit because I I reached out to – like I've always wanted Hugh Syme on the show. I've interviewed some some awesome people. David Botrell from the Vapor Trails remix. Like I said, uh, Jacob Scali. Like there have been some great guests. Uh, and I emailed Hugh Syme a couple times before I realized inviting him on the show before I realized I'm like, why would he come on my show? Like I, it's right on my email that I've completely butchered his artwork with you know, with this like crude Photoshop. You know, I imagine an artist would not be happy about that, and that's sort of uh, not cool in a sense. So I can understand why Hugh Sign won't respond to my emails. I get it. I totally justified. But and uh, thanks for coming on and doing the permanent waves episode, man. That was really cool. At first, I thought you meant the uh, the permanent. Uh, you said the permanent waves podcast, which was the name of Rushcast for like f- the first four episodes. I was a little confused. I thought, Michael, we haven't called it permanent waves in a long time. But I get where you're at. You were on the Permanent Waves episode. Very cool. Last week, you heard uh, you heard Michael mention it. Last week, I mentioned in our digital discussion, which songs do you like to fall asleep to? And it's weird because I don't mean like what songs put you to sleep musically. It's, it's more like what songs, um, you know, the, the Rush songs I listed put me in a, bring back memories or they put me in a certain setting that are optimal for me to go to sleep it's sort of meditative like oh this song reminds me of a really like mystic drive that i had once or uh just a really zen area or a place or a lake or something that it makes it easier to go to sleep to because a lot of people responded and said like none of them make me sleepy which i get uh for example the garden is a song that a lot of people mentioned but for me, that is maybe a sleep-ish song, but uh, that doesn't bring me to a place where, like, when I think of all those Clockwork Angel songs, I think of, like, Long Island and going out there to see them and, like, driving a lot, and it doesn't it doesn't really put me in a very zen place, but not to say they're not bad, to say they're bad songs, but, like, uh, that just doesn't do it for me. So I want to read you Jason Vaughn's email, our perpetual hitchhiker. And he says, in no particular order, here again, mystic rhythms, magical, different strings, a motion detector, tears, no one at the bridge from Fountain of Lemneth, the garden, red lenses, making memories, before and after, he says that's my current alarm clock song, 
Need Some Love, La Via Strangiato, Xanadu, and Jacob's Ladder. So, like, needless to say, Jason Vaughn is an old-school Rush guy. He definitely likes the 70s stuff, and he'll admit that. Um, I definitely share. I've had a couple playlists with Mystic Rhythms on it, without a doubt. Madrigal, obviously. Different Strings, obviously. These are, like, kind of more low-key songs in a way. I've had a Motion Detector on my playlist, absolutely. Tears was on my initial list from last year. Or last week, I'm sorry. Um, Red Lenses is interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Xanadu, like, I could, I could see how that w- might work out. Thanks for the email, though, man. This week, I got a little bit of a different digital discussion. What 10 songs perfectly represent the heart of Rush's music? What songs are there that, like, have that do everything that Rush does well and does it perfectly in one song. It doesn't lean too far to the left like a different strings, or and it doesn't lean too hard to the right like uh, maybe like a brought up to believe. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't rock too hard and have and lack the melodic stuff, and it's not extra melodic like a high water. What what are what are right in the center and do everything perfectly? There were three that stood out immediately to me but uh i want to hear what 10 songs you think fall into that category here are mine marathon animate mission big money free will la via strangiato red barchetta spirit of radio caravan and secret touch now i want to remind you this is subjective this is for you you personally as a listener which what do you think is the like what are the 10 perfect rush songs that represent everything rush does and represent it well and it might if if rush you know the heart of rush might be different for me than it is for you etc so they might be different this is subjective the three uh the three that were really big immediately number one secret touch the from the second i ever heard secret touch i thought this is what rush is at its core this is this is what the band is it does everything well it does everything uh, Rush has ever done in one song. It's not too long. Uh, it says it quickly and clearly. I've said that recently, even on the the Vapor Trails episodes that we've done. The second one is Spirit of Radio. A couple of years ago, I, I listened into that song again, and I'm thinking, this this is just everything Rush ev- is or w- was at the time, and everything they will be for like the next half of their career, which is still left to be, you know, even more than half their careers left at the time of Permanent Waves. This is just everything the band is. The Spirit of Radio has it all. The second is on the next album, or I'm sorry, the third, the last one that popped immediately for me, Red Barchetta. That is like, I I don't think, I think maybe you can make an argument for one or two songs, but no other song has done what Red Barchetta does, which is create this story that, that doesn't repeat itself too much and it's not overly progressive where like it's just like one section then a completely unrelated section then another completely unrelated section it's it's got that perfect balance musically in the way it ties in with the lyrics the story the lyrics tell but also the story the music tells it has so much to offer the energy it brings live those three out of these 10 were just stood out immediately for me 
But again, I've thought the same things about Marathon. Like Marathon's got it all, especially with that middle section. The same with Mission. I've kind of considered those two sister songs in the past. Uh, my dad's always said it's his favorite song, and he's always said it. Mission does everything Rush does, and it does it well. It it, it just it covers all the bases. Animate. I think a lot of you would 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 back me on Animate. The big money, while it's a little over, it's a, a tad synthy, especially at the beginning. I think does everything well, and we gotta throw in with like Marathon and Big Money, and Animate. Uh, sonically, they're they're almost perfect. I don't think they ever got any better than Power Windows, to be honest. And Missions, Hold Your Fire is a great sounding album as well. Free Will, I don't think I need to defend at all. I think it's pretty clear, like Spirit of Radio, that Free Will da, is just a beast. And La Via, out of all the instrumentals, I do think La Via Strangiato is the only one, and it's definitely the proggiest on this list. It's the only one where it's like, this has got everything. So early in their career. No YYZ. And I, I YYZ for me is, or, or YYZ for the people up north, is um, awesome. And I've, I learned it note for note at a time, and... Uh, for a time and I played it in a band and it was a blast and everybody knows everybody recognizes it however it is a tad one-sided when it comes to the rest of their catalog like not to say every song has to represent everything they've ever sounded like every sound they've ever had but um you know if we argue there's riffy rush and then there's like melodic rush it's pretty clear which one yyz goes to so no, I'm not discounting YYZ or any song left off this this list, but I don't think it's. Um, I think La Via is the instrumental. I, I thought about Main Monkey Business because I I think it's their best instrumental, just barely. Uh, but I don't think that represents their instrumentals well either. I think that kind of gets away from the riffiness of YYZ. It's got its own riffiness, but it doesn't really represent Old Rush very well. And Caravan, like Caravan, I think is. Got it. It got it all. Similar to Secret Touch, I heard it. And different from Secret Touch in that it's a lot longer and much more complicated, but uh, it, it it does everything. Now you'll notice there are some juggernauts that I don't have on this list that I'm sure you will. And not to say uh, not to say that you're wrong, but for me these these did not represent like I like I've been saying for the last couple of minutes. These these are songs that didn't represent all of Rush. Uh, Twenty One Twelve, like Twenty One Twelve, I think represents maybe that early era from pre pre permanent waves i think 2112 would be the the big one but i don't think 2112 really represents the music we hear on roll the bones necessarily you know tom sawyer i see as kind of uh one of their most unique songs when you talk about structure and form and obviously an awesome tune but i don't think it's gonna that doesn't represent really anything we hear on counter i was gonna say counterparts that's a really blanket statement but uh you you kind of get where i'm coming from and also limelight from the same album limelight's awesome but i don't see it when i hear it i think this tune is incredible but i don't think immediately like i did with spirit of radio this is everything limelight does kind of feel like its own thing for me working man i mean that's pretty self-explanatory they never really, they didn't quite have that um, same vibe dialed in ever again. Uh, and obviously, we, we're missing Neil. Headlong Flight, 
is definitely towards the riffy end of the spectrum uh, and awesome, but it, 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 I never felt like it represented their career as a whole. Like, I'm not, I'm not discounting these songs I'm listing right now that aren't on my list. I'm just pointing out that none of these hit me with, whoa, this is like, this is this hits the heart of Rush, if that makes sense. I can't really figure out how I want to say that, but the heart of Rush is in my my top 10 list here. And lastly, The Garden. I think I think a lot of you will have The Garden. Um, you know, it's clearly not riffy, but it's um I guess I just don't rank The Garden as highly as everybody else. I think it's, I think it's great, but it's uh, I never I definitely never thought no, oh, this this represents everything they've ever done. But I would love to hear from you, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna crap on you for anything you put on your list. I'm just genuinely curious. Which songs did you hear? Like for me, it was Secret Touch, Spirit of Radio, and Rebecca, where you, and maybe not instantly. Secret Touch was instantly, but the other two are kind of eased into it. And I was like, man, this really is, um, as we now have like the entire catalog to look and and compare it to. This com- this is the heart of Rush right here, Red Barchetta, Spirit of Radio. I'd love to hear what you have. I got a little bit rambly today. I'm sure uh, you'll forgive me. I want you all to know I just got a notification that the Indians won by more than 10 runs. That's a big deal. And we're going all the way this year. Cavs, Warriors, Game 7, you guys. I hope my audience is full of sports fans. I apologize if they're not. Big game on Sunday. Happy Father's Day if you're in the U.S., and uh, send me your stuff for the trivia series. Talk to you guys soon.